Hello, my fellow Meisters. Welcome to this episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. It is done. Number 29. The 29th Meisterschale, the 30th time we can call ourselves German champions, and for the 8th time in a row. Ever since that magical treble winning season in 2013, Bayern Munich are the champions of Germany yet again. It was sealed in a one nothing win with 10 men, which we will get into later. In the north of the country, in the Hanseatic city of Bremen, at the Wesserstadion, it was a close game, it was an intense game, and we're here to talk all about it. I am joined by Tom Adams and Chuck Smith. Guys, we have another trophy in our cabinet. How does that make you feel? Well, Jake, I think it for all of us, I think this feels great. And to watch it play out the way it did, I think it was kind of a special moment. You know, we touched on it in our in the Ausblick show that we thought that the rostered town on Werder Bremen might cause some issues. And it did. But, you know, once again, Byron was able to pull through. All things considered, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now, thankfully, we were blessed enough to have the, the Bundesliga return and you know, be the first footballing league to return. And we're very blessed to be sitting here talking about yet another Bundesliga title and potentially the first of two more titles uh, for Bayern Munich this year. I'm really happy that the Bundesliga was the first to come back, not only because it was my league, right? It's our league. It's the league that we love to watch the most out of everybody else. I can't say that for Tom because he's a bandwagoning loser, but you know, it's great to see the Bundesliga was back first, right? Because we were able to win the title on time in perfect time. We record this on a Tuesday. Wednesday starts back the Premier League and this weekend starts back everything else. All of the La Liga kicks into full gear. Uh, over tomorrow, I believe the Coppa Italia final also takes place between Juventus and Napoli. Uh, Serie A returns this weekend as well. So it's really the most opportune time for Bayern Munich to be back and to win the title because we cut in right at the deadline to grab the world's attention. And hopefully that means we have some people sticking with us and watching the rest of the Bundesliga. But now we won't have to compete, really, right? The season's pretty much over from a title perspective, right? Uh, Bayern have two more games, one against Wolfsburg, one against... Uh, Freiburg at the weekend so it's pretty much cruise control from now on but it wasn't cruise control for this game I will tell you that a one nil fixture and I'm just gonna come out and flat out say it Bremen looked really good this game if you didn't watch this game you would have every right to go and say why did Bayern kind of slip up sure Bayern controlled possess possession as they almost always do but this Bremen team came out to play and they came out like they were fighting for their lives and it looked for the first time like they were actually using that talent that they boast 
to good use. It looked like a great team, and it was a great game. It was competitive. I was, like, legitimately on the edge of my seat, holding my breath for most of the time. And even after that first goal from Robert Lewandowski came in, it was a wonderful volleyed chance that looked like he might have been offside, but he was on. He was absolutely on. I obviously called a 5-1. That was dead wrong. But middle of the game, by halftime, I kind of had in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I only think Bayern is going to score one goal this game, and it's going to finish one nothing, and that's going to be it. And somehow it got even worse from there, right? Like, Bayern probably should have won this game 5-1 or 5-0 even, right? But... They just couldn't convert their chances. Serge Gnabry didn't look his best today. Alfonso Davies didn't look his best today. And to top that all off, that second yellow card was garbage. It was a foul. I think it was a foul. I do not think that that was a yellow card foul. And it's definitely not a second yellow card foul. That's just a, an egregious call. But... This Bremen team came out, and they really performed well, and they deserve credit for that. But uh, they couldn't stop the Bayern machine, and all it takes was just one opportunity from Robert Lewandowski to really make this result happen. Guys, you watched the game as well. What were your thoughts on it, and what did you take away from it? I I was really impressed uh, with the way Werder Bremen fought today. We had talked a lot about their talent, and for long periods this season, it just wasn't showcased. They weren't showing the type of quality that they had. But today, that was not an issue. They had a game plan. They executed it to near perfection, I thought, early on. They wanted to keep their formation compact. They wanted to make this game very difficult for Bayern to run freely, and they did that. Up until Lewandowski's goal, Bayern, I thought, was really frustrated. And it really affected some of the players, especially Gnabry. I, I I thought he couldn't get on track at all. And it was really one of those things where you watched him play. And I was losing confidence every time he touched the ball as the game went on. But thankfully, with the depth that this Bayern team has, as good of a player as Gnabry is, they didn't need him today. They needed that one opportunity. Lewandowski converted. And then their defense took over. And it was, honestly, I was more impressed with this effort maybe than some of the other bigger wins that Byron had this year. I was just, in this situation against a desperate team to be able to pull it out, get that one goal, and then buckle down and prevent that tying goal from going in, especially big credit to Manuel Neuer for the big save he had late in the game. I think this just shows what type of quality Byron has and, and, you know, credit to Werder Bremen. They showed a lot of fight, but just wasn't their day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Florian Kohfeldt's side played like a side that are, quite frankly, fighting for their survival. You know, and com- coming off of a big 5-1 win over Paderborn, they had every bit of confidence that they could you know, take it to Bayern and get a decent result, obviously knowing that this would uh, could have potentially, I'm sorry, denied them uh, the Bundesliga title and, and made it stretch into this weekend. But uh, just as... As Chuck had said, you know, Bremen made everything uh, as difficult as possible for Bayern. And ordinarily, if we're sitting here um, analyzing a game, you know, crunching numbers and, you know, seeing what went right and what wrong, um, you know, if this was the past, perhaps Bayern under Niko Kovac, we'd be saying so much of our downfall was becoming impatient uh, against a deep, sitting, compact side, you know, as is often the case against us. And, you know, we just started forcing too many long balls, losing possession, and then getting caught 
with numbers pressed forward on the counterattack. But today, we kind of flipped that on its head and the long ball started to work for us. You know, I, I have to give Boateng a lot of credit uh, other than his defensive work. It was some of his long diagonal passes and balls over the top, you know, for either uh, Coman, Thomas Muller, Gnabry, or, or Lewandowski that really actually seemed to break Bremen down. Um, yes, we got caught offside a couple of times, but I think from the case for Lewandowski's goal just before halftime, that was like basically the last game plan we had left, and that's what was working uh, as far as us being able to break through Bremen's compact lines. And another thing I, I also saw, you know, the rain was coming down. Bremen kind of played into the whole physicality. Um, I agree as far as the, the Davies two yellow cards. I think the first one, I thought Bittencourt gave him a little bit of afters after the coming together. Um, and that's why Davies did what he did. Um, I have to give Manuel Veth uh, a shout out. I absolutely agreed with his tweet regarding the two yellow cars. I think the first one was as lenient as the second one was unnecessary. I was just watching back the clip. I think it was uh, Velkovic who he had uh, infringed for that second yellow card. But speaking of Davies, he to me, I know that he recorded actually a new top speed for the Bundesliga today uh, with one of his runs in the in the first half, I believe it was. But he looked a little bit off. I don't know if anyone else got that vibe. He looked a kind kind of like uh, somniferous, perhaps a little bit tired, and you know, maybe the minutes are catching up with him. But as Chuck was saying, you know, a lot of guys that have been playing so well, uh, so consistently since the the Bundesliga restart, you know, life was just made very difficult for them today. You know, Goretzka, Kimmich, every time they were in midfield, they were closed down, had three or four bodies around them. It was very difficult for them to operate um, in those tight spaces. Um, I thought Coman was one player who really came alive when he when he had to. Yes, uh, we still need to work on his final product, but I thought especially in the second half when we went down to 10 men, he was one guy who was willing to take people on and run into those spaces and you know try and create something because the game plan for us was just was so difficult today because Bremen did an excellent job staying compact, you know, uh, being physical, not making it easy for us, making making us make decisions, you know, make those long balls, which we ordinarily might be frustrated by doing. But, but today it, it kind of, it kind of paid off and it worked. And thankfully we held on and we're here discussing an eighth consecutive Meisterschale, um and perhaps two more trophies down the road. So uh, we have to give Hansi Flick every single bit of credit because this Bayern team has just been absolutely amazing since he's taken charge back in November. It's really a night and day difference between Hansi and Nico, and I really do love to see it, right? I will I will be happy regardless of who brings Bayern success, but to have Hansi rise to the occasion and really make this his own and really make his impact on the team in the way that he has, I love it. I really, really love it. So, basically, right, the season is kinda, kinda over from this point on, guys. I wanna, I wanna ask you, like, so far, what has been your favorite moment of this title-winning campaign throughout the uh, throughout Bayern's time in the Bundesliga? I, I, this might be a little bit of recency bias on my end, but. The Kimmich chip for a goal against Dortmund to me was my favorite play of the season. And not just because, you know, the, the stakes within that game, you know, after all of this, after the pandemic, the restart, 
I think we needed to see some kind of greatness. And not that Bayern doesn't exude greatness all the time, but that was a world-class chip. It was a great shot. It was exciting in a game that at that point was back and forth. And to me, that's really, if you were going to take a five to six second highlight reel of the season, that would be your lead piece. That would be the one you want to lead and say, this is what this Bayern Munich team was all about. And I think the fact that Kimmich started this journey at right back and made that transition to central midfield, and and I was one of those critics that did not want to see him go there, I think it even, you know, as much as I was against it, this that was the nail in the coffin for people like me who who really thought he was making a mistake in making that move. I mean, he proved us all wrong, and to me it was the, the biggest moment of the season. So for me, Jake, I'm sitting in the exact same chair, in the exact same spot that some months ago I, I sat down into after getting a few messages from you because I hadn't checked social media or the news uh, very much at the time, and we had to sit down and kind of uh, air everything out and talk about Niko Kovac getting sacked. Um, you know, I know that you personally were, were a fan of his and there are circumstances about his sacking that you might not have agreed with, uh, but what happened happened. Um, it was a difficult transition and a lot of question marks surrounded our club at the time. We had had some bad results, um, you know, across all competitions before he was ultimately given the sack. And so for me, uh, it's a toss-up between, you know, just the Bundesliga restarting as a whole because we've all gone through a very difficult period uh, throughout the global pandemic. But, you know, I want to focus on the absolute positive uh, of Bayern Munich. And for me, yes, we did have one win under Hansi Flick uh, against Olympiakos before this one. But for me, it's just Der Klassiker number one of the season uh, when we beat Borussia Dortmund 4-0. To me, that was just the absolute stamp of authority that, you know, we're back we're ready uh, to compete and lead this league as we always do, especially at a period where we didn't know what was going to happen. We, you know, even for months after that, we thought we would be looking for a new coach. And you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but but looking back, we should have had every bit of confidence back then. And Hansi Flick uh, came away four nil winners on that uh, particular evening. Lewandowski brace, a Serge Gnabry goal, and sadly a Mats Hummels own goal, but. <laughs> what's done is done. And, and to me, that was just a defining moment of the season, especially looking at how far this team has come under Hansi Flick, you know, getting him that contract extension, you know, at that period of time, would any of us have guessed uh, what has unfolded would unfold? Because uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think there would be many people that would, uh, that would say that they would have. So to me, that's just the moment that sticks out uh, the most in my mind. I remember when we sat down and we made that Niko Kovac episode, I remember that very well. Um, I do I do still hold most of my opinions about the way his firing went about, but I can't argue with the result. And as a matter of fact, I kind of prefer this result, right? But let's keep this in mind, right? At the time, I think the worries that I had weren't necessarily unfounded because Hansi had never coached aside in the top flight before right he had only been an assistant coach for a while and to me I thought the result against Borussia Dortmund was amazing right but I also thought at least for a moment that um that it it could have been 
just a case of the players coming out with something that they need to prove. And this really isn't to take away from Hansi and what he's done because he's done amazing things. But the moment that I really realized that he was going to be the coach to take us into the future, and I don't know why this game sticks out, but I really think one of Bayern's best games of the year was uh, when we traveled to play Freiburg. And to me, it just, I just, I keep looking back on that game with like really fond memories of it, right? You had an amazing Alfonso Davies assist that was almost the game where he really came out and proved himself as one of the best players on this Bayern team, right? Like that to me was really his coming out party when he was able to break down the wing and send in that assist. Of course, if you ask anybody around the world who hasn't been following this team for that long, they'll mention the assist that he got against Chelsea, but that was almost a mirror image of that run that he made to send a ball into Lewandowski in that game against Freiburg. And then to have the belief and the wherewithal to put in a youngster in Joshua Xerxes who goes out and scores his first ever goal to break a tie in stoppage time, that was the moment that I realized that I truly thought that Hansi Flick was going to be the coach for the future because he knew his staff, he knew who to trust in the right moment, and then to have Tomas chip in with an extra goal later, just his ability to resurrect Thomas Muller's faith in the club and bring him back further into the lineup. Um, It's been an amazing, it's been an amazing thing. He's done so many things for so many different players for this club. I already just mentioned Thomas Muller, right? But the belief that he's put in, despite some of our worst fears among players like Jerome Boateng, Javi Martinez, um, even being able to use Ivan Perisic and Philippe Coutinho in certain times. I really think Hansi Flick really deserves all of the credit that he's given, and then some, because he's been able to do things that no coach would ever be able to do with this team, and I I honestly can't thank him enough for it. So, um, with that being said, I think we're going to wrap this episode up here we're not going to do like a full debate this was more of like a victory lap and a celebration more than anything else and so with the season pretty much finished right like we all we have to go on is the result from last season and what we did with the podcast last season right the last season went up to the final day so now we have two games left two weekends left and you know it's got to be something different um We've been following just the three of us. We've been following very closely what's been happening in the second division, in the Zweite Bundesliga. It's a really, really close battle for the top three positions. Uh, Earlier today, Arminia Bielefeld was officially confirmed to be promoted to the Bundesliga, so congratulations to them. But then positions two through four are a real battle between Hamburg, Asvau, VfB Stuttgart, and uh, FC Heidenheim. So what we're going to do 
for the rest of the season. We're still going to talk about the results of the Bayern Munich matchups, but we're also going to be going more in-depth into the teams that Bayern could end up playing, namely Hamburg, Stuttgart, and Heidenheim. But we're also going to constantly be on the lookout and covering the teams that are in the bottom half of the Bundesliga, uh, or in the at least the bottom four positions, uh, those being Mainz, Fortuna, Dusseldorf, Werder Bremen, and SC Paderborn. Even though Paderborn was confirmed earlier today to be relegated, they've officially gone down. Uh, but Mainz, Dusseldorf, Werder Bremen are all pretty close with each other, so we're going to keep an eye on them, and we're going to be talking about them a lot. We also desperately, desperately need your questions sent in from the hashtag AskBPW. There are a lot of things that are happening with Bayern Munich right now, and I know that you guys might want to hear us talk about it. So please, 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 even if you have it and we haven't asked for it and you're just sitting up late at night and you have a question about Bayern Munich just pop into your head at random, tweet it out at us. Use that hashtag, regardless of whether or not it's a response to a tweet. We will see it, we will read it, and we will most likely put it on the air. So please, please, please keep sending those in. Uh, Be sure to like, rate, share, and subscribe to us across all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at The Barrel Blog, at TommyAdam71, at Jefferson Fenner, and at BavarianFBWorks. And read us at BavarianFootballWorks.com every day for the best in Bayern and German soccer content. So, with that being said, thank you for listening. And until next time, when we look ahead to try to complete a double and we talk about the final two games in this season and then the Pokal and then whatever comes next beyond that. We will see you later. Auf Wiedersehen.